Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening. I hope and trust that you are all well. Do you have a lot of accounts or social media and can't remember your passwords or are using the same password for everything? Do you ever forget your passwords? Well, all of that's okay, because Aura is helping me keep track of these accounts and passwords with its easy-to-use app that contains a password manager. They're also sponsoring today's video. Their easy-to-use app helps me generate strong and complex passwords when I set up new accounts and it remembers them for me when I need to sign in on a browser or on a mobile device. Using the same password twice is just asking for trouble. And that's why you need a good password manager, and that's just one of the many features that you're going to get with Aura. Identity theft protection, fraud monitoring, antivirus, and even a VPN, all in a single app. Aura not only gives you identity theft insurance, but it notifies you if your email, passwords, or social security number have been leaked to the dark web. You can even connect your bank accounts and get notified of suspicious transactions. It's absolutely worth seeing what kind of info of yours has been leaked to the dark web, and Aura will tell you. You'll probably be shocked, just like I was. You can try it for free. That's right, no cost up front. And see for yourself when you sign up for a 14-day free trial at my link, Aura.com forward slash Phoenix. Get yourself some peace of mind when you're browsing the internet and see who's been using your data. Go visit my link down below and try it out today. With all of that being said, I hope you all do try out the Aura 14-day free trial, as it does help this channel, and it will help protect you. It's that time again, so you know what I'm going to say. You can say it with me. It is time to go back to ashes, for when we arise from the ashes, we are a bigger, brighter, stronger, and happier person in the morning. Sit back, relax, kick back, grab a snack, or tuck in to get warm, and prepare for this dose of vocal melatonin entitled True Deep Backwoods Creepy Stories. Right after this intro and ad will play, I'll read the first story and ad will play. And after that, there will be no more ads within this video. I was out for a walk early one morning in a forest preserve that's usually pretty empty. I start coming around a corner and I can see a guy that's parked in the grass just outside of a parking lot. I think it's strange but keep on walking. I'm probably like 50 feet from the car now and suddenly the trunk pops open. The car alarm starts going off and the driver's side door opens. I'm coming from the passenger side and can't see the driver, but I get a bad feeling about the situation. I still keep walking on the path and come around where I can see the driver's side of the car. A guy is sitting in the car's driver's seat and starts to wave me over to him. He throws up his hands and says, I'm not sure what's going on. Could you come help me? I tell him, nah, he's on his own without breaking my stride and I keep moving. He throws his hands up again and turns off the car alarm, gets out and shuts the trunk, then gets in and drives away. I'm creeped out, so once he's out of sight, I double back and walk the opposite way just to be safe. 
I walk about probably like 30 minutes it takes to get to the parking lot where I parked my car. When I'm getting close, I hear that car alarm going off again. I'm freaking out now, but didn't want to walk back into the woods again, so I keep going to the parking lot. I get there. That same car is parked with its trunk open, car alarm going off, and driver's door open. The guy is already talking to someone else in the parking lot. He sees me come into the lot, looks at me for a minute, then shuts off the car alarm, closes the trunk, and drives away. I just booked it to my car and called the park rangers, but they didn't believe anything was weird about it. I'm 90% sure that dude was trying to kidnap someone. Just today, my friend and I were hiking on some abandoned and unused land. It's really beautiful, with the lakes, cliffs, and tons of trees. The hike was going really well, but close to dark, it turned around. My friend whispered to me that they had been thinking of skinwalkers and couldn't stop. This got me thinking of the same, and we decided to head back to the car to eliminate any risk. A few minutes into the hike back, we both got horrible feelings, and it became apparent that we were not alone. We kept making our way back to the car as fast as we could, but it kept getting worse. Both of us experienced blurred vision, and the air suddenly got thick and had a hum to it. It also became incredibly hard to move, and we both experienced an intense urge to lay down and stop hiking. We came across an area we hadn't yet hiked through, but was adjacent to there we were, and there were so many deer prints in every direction, as if a deer had been rapidly pacing there, and human footprints on the other side of that scramble. There wasn't a clear starting point to the footprints, and no evidence of other hikers for miles. The trek back to the car seemed to take five minutes and three hours simultaneously, so we really did not have a clue how long it took. Neither of us have felt this sense of dread or been this disoriented before. Do you think we had a close encounter with a skinwalker, or was it something else entirely? I do not have the background knowledge to say what exactly it could be. We are in eastern Kansas, if that helps. Any information or ideas are greatly appreciated. So, this story isn't all that scary once you find out what's going on in the end, but was very unsettling at the time. This story is true. This happened last summer. My husband's best friend flew out from L.A. to visit us in rural Iowa. My husband grew up in L.A., but I was raised here, and this is where we decided to settle down. We wanted to give our friend the full rural-slash-small-town experience, and one thing you don't realize when you're from the city is how completely pitch-black it is out here, with no street lamps or city lights to illuminate the night. 
It's something my husband commented on when he first moved here. There is a dense forest that covers several square miles just outside of town. It's a protected wildlife reserve. There are a lot of legends about this forest being haunted because it was the site of a bloody battle between Native American tribes and also a burial ground. The creepy old stone tower and dilapidated amphitheater in the middle of the woods are said to be especially haunted. There is also a pond in the heart of the forest that the locals refer to as Dead Man's Lake because somebody drowned in it several years ago and the body was never recovered. I'm not sure if it was accidental or a suicide. I've heard many different renditions of the story. I don't believe in ghosts, and I'm not afraid of the dark or the woods, but my husband's friend does. The park technically closes at 10 p.m., but we decided to risk it and took our friend into the forest at midnight on a moonless night. We visited the tower first, I've never seen it at night, and the sight of its black silhouette against the starry night, surrounded by gnarled dead trees, was an unsettling one that set the mood for the rest of the night. After a little convincing, we got our friend to follow us into the tower, up the old creaky spiral staircase. We spent some time surveying the surrounding scenery and enjoying our view of the clear night sky from the tower's rooftop lookout. The view was magnificent, and I thought it looked magical, but our friend just seemed to be getting more nervous by the second. We hiked back down the long dirt trail to the car, but kept hearing what sounded like footsteps coming from the trees on both sides and from behind us. Our friend was scared it could be something paranormal. I was worried about drug dealers or meth heads, since there is a large population of sketchy people and frequent meth lab busts in this area. My husband and I had our 9mm pistols strapped to our belts, but we didn't want to have to use them. We picked up our pace back to the car and drove further into the woods, to the place where the trail to the old amphitheater begins. Our friend was really on edge now, since the trees are much denser in this part of the forest and it is incredibly dark. We convinced him to follow us down the steep, rocky trail to the amphitheater. When we arrived, I noticed a tall structure standing in the center of the amphitheater that has never been there before, but it was too dark to tell what it was. I had been using only the light of my smartwatch to guide my way, so as not to ruin the eerie illusion created by the inky darkness of the forest with a flashlight beam. At this point, Even my husband was becoming uneasy and wanted to turn back, but I had to know what that mysterious object was, which had appeared in the last two days since my last hike to this part of the forest. I carefully made my way down into the center of the arena and drew closer to the structure, my husband and our friend following closely behind. When I was a couple of feet away from the object, I lifted my wrist to illuminate it with the light from my watch, and I felt a sense of dread and fear immediately wash over me. 
Standing before me was a ten-foot-tall wooden arch, wrapped in red silk and adorned with animal bones and red roses. The skull of a deer with massive antlers was mounted at its peak. A smaller object that sat lower to the ground that I hadn't seen before looked to be some kind of stone altar. Suddenly, the rustling noises coming from the forest on all sides that I had previously chalked up to animals or the wind seemed much more threatening. My first thought was that a malicious cult or band of Satanists were lying in wait to sacrifice us to a demon, as ridiculous as that sounds. But, in that moment, it seemed possible and likely. All three of us jumped and turned towards the direction of our car when we heard a car door close and saw the faint glow of headlights peeking through the trees. We rushed back up the trail, expecting to find some crackheads attempting to break into our car. We didn't know whether to be relieved or apprehensive when we saw a DNR truck parked right next to our car and the officer scanning the trees with his flashlight. He greeted us and asked what we were doing up here. We told him that we were showing our friend around, and he informed us that the park was closed. He noticed our firearms and asked for our permits and IDs, which we gave to him. He went back to his truck to run our info and returned minutes later with an $80 ticket for being in the park past closing. After that, we spent about 15 minutes having a friendly chat with the officer when he asked, So, what's the amphitheater like at night? I told him it was really creepy and proceeded to describe what we had witnessed. The officer chuckled at the terrified looks on our faces and told us that a Wiccan couple had rented out the amphitheater for their wedding tomorrow and had been by today to decorate. So, a bit of a disappointing ending, I was relieved at first, but also disappointed. I planned to return to the forest on another dark night, but this time I'll go alone, and I'll go in on foot, so the DNR cannot find me. This one's not as freaky as some other people have told their stories, but this is my story. I go hunting in southern Illinois on property that my family owns. The place is my second home, and I've spent countless hours exploring all around each inch of it. Caught all the fish in the area, hunted every legal game, and spotted the rest. So when I say that I've never had an experience like this, just remember that this was my domain, that I felt comfortable in in any weather, at any time, with any equipment, or lack thereof. Two deer seasons ago, I had pulled into the farm at probably about 4.40 in the morning. November, so at least two hours till sunlight. I pull my stuff out of the truck and walk into the woods. I have my shotgun and a revolver slash knife on my belt, an elbow light clipped to the front of me, a thermos of coffee and a backpack with a book and a couple other things for cleaning my deer should I get lucky. So I walk off the drive and into the woods. 
The tree stand I'm going to is less than a mile away, but there's some deep second-growth forest and down a rather steep hill across some bottoms, then a long, burning, steep climb up to another ridge. I always dread the hike, but it's a good spot, so I often do it. I make it down to the bottoms, slush through the icy muck, and get to climbing. With my flashlight clipped to my chest, I keep needing to physically turn my body to throw the beam around and see trees that I recognize to determine my path. This, of course, always gives the forest a horror movie vibe, even on the best of days. The leaves and underbrush are encased in frost, so every one of my steps comes with a solid crunch, no matter how quiet I'm trying to be. This time, though, I noticed there was more noise than usual. Something else was crunching close by, too. I walked about a quarter of a mile way up the hill, listening to my company the whole time, seeming to stay the same distance away as I moved. Naturally, I think to myself that I'm going to have a quick hunting day, so I plop my ass down next to a tree. Can't shoot till first light, but I'm hoping if I stay really still that whatever I'm hearing will lounge around until then. So I click my light off, unsling the shotgun, and lay it over my knees to wait. Except, I don't hear shit now. Whatever it was must have been spooked by my flashlight spinning all around as I sat. I still stayed a bit sipping some coffee to make sure, but give up after 15 minutes or so of deaf silence from the forest floor. I probably didn't make even four steps before the second moving thing starts again. At this point, I'm still not freaked out. I stay facing the way I am and flip the light off again and sidestep behind the tree. Sure enough, I don't hear anything again. Two minutes of sitting there frustrated before I start moving again and my friend does the same thing. This is when I started to get freaked out, because I worked my way up the hill, stopping to turn and look every so often. When I stopped, the sound would go on for just an infinitesimally longer amount of time than my own steps. Like something seeing me stop and doing its very best to stop before I heard it. This happened no less than four times and by now I'm sweating bullets and freezing cold because I'm sweating bullets in the middle of winter. I abandoned my thermos near a tree so I could hold my flashlight and my revolver at the same time. The last hundred feet or so to my stand was done backwards, so that way I could be facing the noise and, in theory, keep it from moving. And I didn't hear shit again after that got up into my stand and smoked about five cigarettes in a row. It gave me a sense of security being up in the tree behind camouflage. Still, I'm only hunting for like an hour of daylight and went back early, and I wasn't moving slowly, heading back to the truck, even with the sun shining bright. I haven't told my family about it because they wouldn't believe me, but damn was it freaky. 
The sound and when it decided to happen felt very human, which it likely was as poachers and trespassers occasionally wander out onto this property. Still, ever since then when I go hunting, I'm much better about letting people know where I'm going and for how long. Hello, I'm French, so I apologize in advance if I make any mistakes grammatically. As I just said, I live in France, and this story happened to me this summer, just after the lockdown ended. I was and am still 19 at that time. After the lockdown ended, I went to my grandparents to spend a few weeks. I got tested before and no problems there. My grandparents live in a small city in the north of France, and they have a dog who's quite a big dog. When I was really young, I lived at my grandparents for a year, and at that time, the dog was only a puppy. Her name is Chippy, in French, which kind of means little devil in English, but in an affectionate way. Considering when I was living there, I played with her a lot. We are both really close, and that will have its importance later. Two of my buddies are having long walks and running. Thus, every morning I was going out for a long walk with the dog. There's a track that follows a path through the forest. There's a small hill on top of that. A big place with lots of fields there. I run there a lot, so I know the place. The air is fresh, and the view is quite beautiful. So I was going there with the dog every day. It was also helping my grandparents to have her doing lots of exercise. The first time we went there, nothing special happened. We just enjoyed our walk. It's about six to seven kilometers, so basically an hour walk. The next day, when we arrived on the top of the hill in the field, it was probably around 10 p.m., but there was still some light because it's summer. There are three other persons walking in the field. They were younger than I, probably about 15, 16 years old. I also noticed they were smoking, so my guess was that they used to come here so they couldn't be seen by their parents. We went past them. I greeted them and they greeted back. Once again, nothing special there. For a whole week, I did this walk around the same time, 10 p.m., and passed by those three guys with nothing special happening, and it was perfectly fine to me this way. The second week, as usual, I went for the walk with the dog Chippy and arrived at the fields. This time, there was only one of those three boys. He wasn't smoking this time, though. When he saw me, I was at the entrance of the field just after the little hike climb so the entrance of the forest was just behind me. He did a sign with his hand to catch my attention and ask if I had a lighter, which I actually had in my pocket. I told him, yeah, sure. So he walked to me, the hand in the pockets of his hoodie. When he came near, for some reason, I felt the shiver. It's crazy how sometimes your instinct knows there's a problem, but... You don't listen to it because nothing looks weird to you. I handed over the lighter when he passed by. At that moment, my dog was staring at him. 
Then, everything happened really fast. He did a really fast movement with his hand coming from the hoodie, and I only saw something shiny. I just had a reflex of throwing myself back, so hard that I fell down, and I just realized that it was a knife he was holding, and he just tried to stab me. What saved me is my dog, God bless her. When she saw the guy try to stab me, she jumped on him and he fell down. As I said before, it's a really big dog. I immediately got to my feet and heard someone coming from my back. From the entrance of the forest, I saw two guys wearing animal masks running to me. They were probably the two friends. In this moment, your brain acts for yourself. You don't think at all, and in this case, the answer he found was really simple. The other guy was still on the ground. I just watched my dog and told her, run. I started running and she followed me, but I heard the worst possible thing from the guy who got up as well. Catch him. Don't let him go. At this moment, I was totally terrified. I was just running and running. I was hearing them running behind me. I was only thinking, how long will they follow me? Who the hell are they? This was the first time I was really happy to be a runner. I was clearly better than those guys, and that totally saved me, because they chased for something that felt like an eternity to me. Fortunately, at the end of the field, there's another entrance to the forest, and this time, it's a descend with a road at the end. I heard the steps of the three guys vanishing as I arrived at the end of the forest, though I didn't stop running until I arrived at my grandparents' house and locked myself in. I caught a big breath then gave a huge hug to my dog. I saw in her eyes that she totally understood what happened, and I have never been so happy to have her in my life. After that, I told everything to my grandparents. We called the police, but they didn't find anyone. I don't know what these guys wanted, but the animal masks really made me think about some kind of Satanists. I didn't really know anyway. I still do long walks with Chippy the hero dog, but I now go earlier into places with little more people. I hope you enjoyed my story. I apologize again if I've made any mistakes. And to the three guys in the forest, I hope I don't run into you again. These stories all happened to me at a popular national park. They are true. And while they might not be the craziest stories out there, I find them of interest. Story number one. The first story starts with me trekking into the desert on my own. In my mid-twenties, I started to camp and hike alone quite a bit. And when I hiked, I would seek a remote location as possible. I'm five foot five, petite, female, and honestly made some dumb decisions wearing headphones while wandering terrain alone. And I had a lot of fun and since gotten smarter about handling myself in the wilderness. I had hopped into my car and headed to the desert, as I so often do, 
and picked a spot to park where there were no cars, tourists, people of any sort, grabbed my pack and headphones, and excitedly hopped out of the car to go off and explore and climb some rocks in the distance. I'm feeling good until I get not even a mile out and I see this huge bullet in the dirt. My dad, who is law enforcement and was National Guard later, said the way I described the size, it had to be from a grounded gun, and there was no way someone could just walk through the desert with this weapon. Something about it unsettled me, and I didn't know if I should bring it to the ranger or what. I felt weird taking it with me, so I ended up awkwardly burying it and moving on. For whatever reason, it put me in intense unease. I felt jumpy and jarred, none of the usual relaxation I have on my treks. A few steps later, I hear the weirdest noise I have ever heard in my entire life. It was this high-pitched buzzing or electric noise that just encompassed the space around me. Now, if you know the desert, you know the acoustics can sometimes get weird since noise bounces off rocks. But this was a keen to nothing I've heard, and my instinctual reaction was sheer panic. I fumble for my phone and surprisingly have reception, so I call my then-boyfriend, and he tells me it's pretty much nothing, and I should go enjoy myself. I take a few more steps, and the noise instantly starts again, louder, and my body is screaming to hide, tail it back to the car which I do. I'm stumbling over myself and back on the phone with my boyfriend, feeling like I'm being chased. I made it back and feel a rush of relief as I get in my car. I know this might sound anticlimactic, but the amount of fear I felt in that moment is something I have never felt before or since. It felt like a warning of some sorts to stay the hell away. I strongly believe in intuition, so I trusted my gut that it was not anything good. I am hoping someone has experienced something similar or has insight. I've yet to Google anything useful. Story number two. Story two takes place at the same national park. One thing I love about this park is there's a fairly decent chance you'll see weird stuff in the sky at night. I attribute it to the fact that there is military test pilot bases fairly close by, but what you see is some really strange phenomena. This was the most interesting one I've seen. The openness of the desert makes it easy to see the beautiful night sky above you. One particular night, I look up and see some flying objects high up and off in the distance. If I remember correctly, one was white and one was red. They moved in strange formations, and at paces too fast for any aerial physics that I know of. I can't imagine the G-force involved, or how we could have technology that allows for speed that fast. I'm in awe watching this for a while. Them zipping around, then, to make things even more baffling, they moved in diagonal lines at certain points, like literally making acute angle turns on a hairpin. They would also sometimes pause and suspend, then zip around more. 
The final spectacular was when I start to see them fly toward each other and seemingly merge into one object. It then changes color. I can't remember the color, just that it changed. This now singular object shines a little brighter, then slowly fades out to nothing. I'm sure I'm missing a few details, but it was one of the most bizarre and amazing things I have ever seen. Again, I'm guessing it's military related, so either they have some crazy aerial technology or they are in cahoots with extraterrestrial. Story 3 The last story is more of an annoyance. I found some rocks on the main trail where someone had performed some ritual, which I'm not necessarily against the occult, but there was what looked like blood there and that I was absolutely not okay with. Probably some dumb kids trying to be cool. But yeah, I love nature, and the desert in particular holds a very special and magical place in my heart. Anyways, thanks for reading, and stay safe out there. Getting tired of all the requests for stories? Me too. This is a quick story from when I was growing up in northern Kentucky in the 90s. I would have been right about 10, maybe a little older. I'm in my 30s now, but I vividly remember this happening, and I still think about it all the time. My best friend lived with his grandparents for a bit on several acres of land in Walton, Kentucky, and I spent almost every weekend there. They never really did much with the land. It remained relatively cleared, but there were no farms or structures on it. They had a horse stable near the house, but that was it. My friend had received a go-kart for his birthday, so we were out driving it around on the open land. It was just the two of us, and we were having a blast riding this thing around. It was getting close to dusk, and we knew we were going to have to pack it in pretty soon. We came to a stop, and the engine cut out, and almost at the same time, both of us had this strange feeling come over us. We felt like we were being watched by something. It's weird how our lizard brains can still even process something like this. But we both agreed there was just this weird, overbearing feeling. We hadn't heard his grandpa's truck, and we were too far out to be seen from the house, so we started looking around. We were in an open field in the middle of their land, and it was surrounded by trees and tall brush, but something caught my eye first, and I got my friend to look that same direction. In that brush, we could see a long, almost black shape sitting very still. I knew at this point in the story, most of you are thinking Bigfoot. I can say I remember things being dead silent. Even now, I sometimes wonder if it was something else we saw, but all I remember is thinking it was a giant black wolf. I would guess it was maybe 200 foot away from us, trying my best to remember here, and it was sitting perfectly still. But to me, anyway, it looked furry. I couldn't make out any other features like ears or eyes. 
but I swear, this was what was making us feel watched. It's like when you see a cat getting ready to pounce. That was what it felt like when we were looking at it. We were both getting really spooked by this point. The sun was going down behind the tree line, and one of us was going to have to jump out and pull start the engine back. We were whispering about what it was that was watching us. Honestly, I forget which one of us jumped out and started the engine back, but when we looked back at where the black shape was, it was gone. The go-kart didn't have lights, so we drove as fast as we could back to his grandparents' house and told them what we saw. His grandpa said we probably saw a coyote or maybe a boar, but this shape was long and low, and I don't know. Coyotes just doesn't sit well in my head with what I saw. Not to mention it was pitch black and furry. Every few years I think about this story and I've read there are no wolves in Kentucky anymore. I think I've just convinced myself it was a coyote and something, but the memory has stuck in my head all this time. Nothing else ever happened on my grandparents' land, aside from a really bad car accident a few years later and some missing chickens again. Coyotes would explain that, and every once in a while the horses would really get riled up at night. We would go camping on the land and fishing a lot, and we had a lot of fun around there. Anyway, this is my short little spooky story, and I wished it had more bite to it, but it's 100% real. So, while you're out and about, or even with a friend, exploring a forest, make sure to keep an eye over your shoulder. This is truly the scariest, most horrible thing that has ever happened to me. I have never been so petrified in my life. To this day, I still do not know who this man was, what he was trying to do, or if he still is where I saw him. I'm sorry for how long the geographical description is, but I just wanted everyone to understand how secluded I was when this happened and how badly it could have ended if it wasn't for my parents. I was back home for the summer for the first time in a year after starting uni. Our home was, and still is, just outside of a small town with forests all around. There was also a small man-made lake, which was diverged from a river that ran for miles through the forest and ramified into a few streams east of the lake. Near my home, there was a small grassy path that led to the river following a stream. It was a long walk, but one I used to go on often as a child. I knew the forests there well. I knew where I could cut through dense trees to meet the stream. The walk I would go on always led me off the path which turned northwest slowly, so away from the stream and then took a sharp turn to the west. After a few miles, walk at which point the river was hidden quite deep into the forest. I'd continue to walk north and follow the stream through the forest to get to the river, then follow the river west to get to the lake. 
It's easy to get lost in this forest because the terrain isn't just a slope down to the water. It goes up and down and you end up completely surrounded by trees. I've spent many days wandering around there alone or with my dad over the span of 18 years. Never saw anybody else in the forest. I went there twice that summer, both time alone-ish. The first time I left in the morning, I walked through the path away from the stream to the sharp bend that cut back into the forest. I reached the stream after an hour or so. As I was running my hands in the water, I heard a bell from far away, coming from the north. Something was making a bell ring fervently and periodically, which I found strange. I listened well, wondered if it was a lost dog, and started moving towards the sound. I bloody knew I'd be the first person to die, but I was heading north anyway, so what the hell. I realized it couldn't have been an animal. I could tell the bell was too heavy because of how clear the sound was to be on the collar. I kept moving and the bell was moving away from me. It stopped completely after five minutes. The stream wasn't big enough or strong enough to carry a bell. That could have been enclosed in a tin or something and the river was far too full. I thought of everything but nothing explained the sound apart from one obvious thing, which I just didn't feel comfortable with for some reason. I knew it had to have been a person. I stopped thinking about it and just walked on normally. Until I found a badger, a blooming dead one, carefully decapitated. It had obviously been done with a knife. It was fairly fresh, and the blood was still limp, and there wasn't too much smell coming from it. The wound was full of maggots, but I knew that happened soon after exposure. The sound of the bell had been following the stream. So had I. So, the badger was put there, maybe killed there, at least decapitated, while I was walking that way, I suppose. I don't know, really. Nothing else happened that day. One week later, I went back for the second time that summer, and the last time ever. I left home at around 6 p.m. I made it to the stream, then walked to the river in an hour, then decided to go back the way I came because it was getting late and it was raining quite heavily. The sun set at around 9 p.m. I was walking as fast as I could. The sound of rain in the trees was surreal and loud. I was somewhat trotting with my own head for a while through the clearest and most open part of the forest when I bumped into something heavy. The smell was sickly. It was the decomposing body of the badger with his head strung to his front paws. That area looked a little like a ham because of the way it was tied just swinging from a tree like an almost literal lock of bullocks. It was the putrid bag of stench, wet and dripping green liquid. I started gagging. I had some sort of mucus-textured fluid in my hair. It was repulsive. At first, I just stared at it, slightly gobsmacked. Then I started fidgeting violently because I felt like I was drenched in its juices. I was soaking from the rain. 
my senses became confused. It felt like a bucket of ice-cold water had been thrown over me when I realized that I walked the same way to get to the river, so someone had strung up the body up there after I'd passed it on the way there. Someone knew I'd see it, so... Was someone watching me and running around the forest? Were the faint sounds of branches breaking around me not animals? I looked around and started jogging. I was half running, half walking from the stream, back towards the path for a while, when I heard the bell again. I proceeded to call my dad while running. I told him to meet me on the path where it sharply turns west. It was the coolest part of the path to me, to go as fast as he could and that someone was in the forest. I can't explain the feeling I had. It was like I just shit out my intestines and stomach. I literally felt the hairs on my neck raise despite being soaked. It was dark. I jogged as fast as I could. I was panicked because the path was still a bit far away. Just too far to feel safe. It was still raining. Every single sound was muffled. I felt like everything was further away than ever before. The bell went on for way longer than the last time, on and off. I felt like it was surrounding me at one point. The fear combined with my compromised hearing and the fact that I couldn't flip and breathe properly was making me slightly lose my sense of direction. I was absolutely heading southwest, but I wasn't really sure what I was even doing. I was breathing like a damn horse, coughing my lungs up, kind of crying out loud, like a toddler does, tripping over leaves and twigs like an idiot. I stayed on the phone with my mom, who was on her way with dad. I kept hearing sounds, but I wasn't sure what they were. My mom was screaming on the phone at the same time that they were on the path, that I needed to run, that my dad had gotten out and was heading east from the path bend. I was terrified, so I went into survival mode. I was doing the half-running, half-speed-walking thing again because I was out of breath. Then I heard branches break, clear footsteps for the first time from down in the forest, and the bell ringing louder. I didn't want to, but I looked over my shoulder. That's when I saw what was in the forest with me. A tall figure creeping in my direction at the very end of the clearing, ringing his bell slowly in front of his stomach. I could tell he was staring straight at me. Now, I don't know if I had a hidden secret sprinting ability or instinctual adrenaline-induced superhuman powers, but then I tell you, I ran for my life and I didn't dare look back at that damn thing. I screamed as much as I could. I lied. I'm on the phone with the police. They are on the path. Dad, I can see you. I'm here. I wanted to yell, Dad, please, where are you? But I kept that to myself. I felt like something awful was going to happen. I felt like the man was right behind me. I kept telling myself not to look back. I was gasping and wheezing crying so hard and screaming for my dad. I felt shivers on my neck. I then switched off. I just ran. 
I even dropped my bag and only realized I didn't have it anymore when I was in the car. I felt like my phone was my only way home. Things no longer felt real. It was like my legs were moving by themselves. I didn't know if the man was still following me. I could only hear my heart beating in my ears and the bell. I finally heard my dad shout my name and I knew he was coming my way and that he could see me because of the annotation of his voice. I pretty much lunged myself at him when we got to each other. My dad heard the bell too. My mom could hear it on the phone. She was waiting with the car ready to leave as quickly as possible. This happened a couple years ago when I was 16. It was a warm summer night. At nights like these, me and my friend would often grab a pack of cigarettes and a bottle of beer each and go outside to enjoy them. We come from a really small town where everybody is somehow connected, so the only way for us to drink and smoke without our parents knowing was to do so in secluded places. Luckily, the town is surrounded by huge forests. We were both very familiar with them since we practically grew up there. This one time, it was night as usual. We both grabbed our forbidden contraband, some flashlights, and we headed out. We took the path through the long meadow, which ended at the edge of the forest. From there, lead a path through the forest by which it's a 20-minute walk back to town and steep downhill terrain. At the place where the meadow and the forest met, there is a gazebo with a fireplace where people go for picnics. As we were walking through the meadow, we would stop a few times to ensure from afar that the gazebo was unoccupied. It was around 11 p.m. and the night was incredibly dark. Even though we were out in the open, we had to use our flashlights to see anything. When we made sure that the air was clear, we approached the gazebo to light our first cigarette. We were just standing there, puffing and talking, while always scouting our surroundings with the beams of our flashlights. After about five minutes, we decided to take the path through the forest back to town. We walked about 30 meters, at which point we couldn't see the place where we were previously standing. That's when we heard it. From the gazebo, where we were standing just seconds earlier, came a long, terrifying scream. It sounded as if somebody, a man by the sound of it, was being cut into pieces while still very much alive. The kind of scream that turned your blood to ice immediately. After the first scream, there was a pause for a few seconds. During this whole time, we were both so scared we couldn't even move. Then it started again, even louder and way more terrifying. The second scream snapped us back to reality. Without a word, we just started sprinting through the rough terrain, not once looking back. At this point, I was so pumped up with adrenaline that I couldn't hear anything except my own heartbeat resonating in my ears. 
We've never ran that fast, and we didn't stop until we reached the lights of town. When we finally did, we both just sat on a sidewalk under a lamppost, panting and gasping for air. Nobody said anything for a good 30 minutes, until from my friend came a single but quite eloquent word. Shit! After a while, we started talking about it. We came up with the conclusion that either somebody was having fun at our expense, or somebody got really hurt. At the end, we decided to head back there the first thing in the morning, but surprise, surprise, no sign of anyone being injured or anyone struggling. We decided that it was just someone playing a prank on us. However, to this day, it keeps gnawing at me. Something just does not add up. We were standing there for quite some time, so the person must have been very well hidden. On the other hand, it would be almost impossible for anyone to just walk in there without any light source since it was dark. And even if he had some kind of torch, we would certainly spot him. Anyway, screaming man in the forest, I hope we don't run into you again. So this happened to me around 10 years ago or so, when I was around 18 or 19. At the time, I was in a new relationship, still in the early stages, when everything was brand new and an adventure. My girlfriend came from a well-off family and had very strict parents who weren't fond of her being out much, nor of our social group, so it was often difficult to meet. To this day, we would regularly sneak out of the house and meet up around 1 a.m. and stay out most of the night. The road she lived on was a super middle-class area connected to a lark park slash forest slash river walk that by day was a very popular destination for joggers, kayakers, and dog walkers, but by night, it was a hot spot for drug dealers, dodgy folks, and doggers. Not the safest place to go at night, but a regular haunt nonetheless. On a different occasion, my friends and I nearly stumbled onto a drug deal whilst we all realistic airsoft rifles on us. You would think that I would learn. Anyway, so this night, I head to her lane and waited outside. I should mention that I look very out of place with scruffy hair and a long coat. That and it's 1 a.m. She is delayed getting out for reasons that now escape me, so I decided to chill for a while out of the way and wait. Location-wise, I'm at the side of a road with two large fields, either side both of which have a large tree and hedge line between them and the road. After about 20 to 30 minutes, I hear a car driving up the road towards me, and I get this horrible gut reaction telling me to get out of the road. I felt like Frodo sensing the impending arrival of Nazgul. I quickly climbed over the heads and dropped down prone on the other side and stay as still as possible and hear the car slow down as it approaches, where I had just been standing and waiting. I'm fairly certain the driver must have seen me. The car stays there and no one leaves. 
The engine idles, and they just stay at the same spot on the road, waiting, I assume, to spot me again. I am terrified. I have no idea who they would be, but I can't shake that horrible feeling in my gut at all. I hide for what felt like hours, but in reality, would have been no more than 30 minutes. The car eventually drives on, heading towards the car park for the forest, and dead end. I still can't shake the fear and don't want to risk getting caught, but also didn't feel safe, so I move to the opposite side of the road and hide behind the other hedge. Soon enough, I heard the familiar sound of an engine as the car comes back down and again stops nearby where I had been waiting. They hang around for another 20 minutes or so before driving away again, this time for good. I can't remember how long it took me to get the courage to leave eventually. In hindsight, the rational part of my brain likes to just think that someone had just phoned the police on the scruffy guy loitering around after midnight, but I'm really not sure. Their behavior felt very off, and the feeling in my gut was like nothing I've felt since. At the time, I couldn't shake the fear of this unknown person just sitting in a car, waiting for me to try and move much like a hunter waiting patiently for prey. The best part? At some point during the night, my girlfriend advised she couldn't get out that night anymore, so I just went home. To the drivers of that strange car, I never hope you scare the shit out of me again, and I never hope we ever meet. Hey there, this isn't necessarily the worst thing that could have ever happened, but it still shook me up a bit. As a bit of a backstory, I'm from a really rural area and have recently moved to the city for university. I'd started to feel a bit homesick and missing the countryside, so I decided to go on a walk in the woods close to my accommodation. I live on the outskirts of the city, by the way. It was still light when I started my walk, which was about 2 p.m. With it being winter, it's been getting to be pitch black at around 4.30. After about an hour and a half of walking, I noticed that it was starting to get pretty dark, so I turned back because I didn't want to be in a forest I'd never been in before in total darkness, mainly in case I got lost. On my way back, I saw a guy in his maybe early 20s, obviously drunk with a plastic bag full of bottles of alcohol and muttering to himself. As I was on a path with steep slopes on either side, I was pretty much forced to walk past him, doing so with keeping as much distance as possible between myself and him and keeping my eyes focused straight ahead. As soon as I passed him, his muttering became much louder, and I was sure he was trying to talk to me, but it was still unintelligible, so I ignored him. Then, I heard him yelling and turned around to see him walking towards me. There was about ten meters between us. I still couldn't make out what he was saying, but he was walking quickly towards me and eyeing me up and down with a really creepy look on his face. 
not wanting to have any trouble, especially considering I'd only seen one other person quite a while before. I simply said, No, man, leave me alone. He clearly heard as I saw him register my sentence, though his drunken brain yet he simply shook his head and carried on walking towards me. At this point, I panicked, pulled out my phone, and shouted, I'll call the police. I knew this was an empty threat considering the fact that I didn't even know the name of the forest and knew that it had been a long time before the police would even get to me. Not to mention my phone was at 10% before I even left and knew most of that had gone on taking photos. I guess in this case I was lucky he was drunk as he froze, put his hands up and mumbled, All right before beginning to back away. I walked quickly away, looking several times over my shoulder to check if he was following me. It's probably a good thing I did, seeing as each time I looked, he was facing me, maybe to check to see if I would notice before he would get to me. Like I said, this could have been nothing and have simply been a harmless drunk guy that I blew out of proportion. Either way, next time I go for a walk, I'm fully charging my phone and taking a kitchen knife with me. Anyway, drunk, creepy guy that may or may not have had bad intentions. I hope I never run into you again. Alright dear listeners, this brings a close to our true creepy backwoods stories. If you are sleeping, I hope Slumberland is treating you kindly. If you are awake, I hope you've enjoyed this collection. Until next time, please take care of yourself. I'll be reading to you soon. Have yourself a good morning, a good afternoon, or a good night. <laughs>